Gonzaga Nation SI continues on with our throwback series on Thursdays with former Gonzaga players sharing what their Gonzaga experiences, memories are, maybe what they're up to these days. Today's guest, one of my former teammates, a guy that was my roommate on the road, lots of great battles on the hardwood. He's a tremendous person in the Spokane community these days in the business front, none other than Boise native. Corey Violet. Corey, appreciate you joining. Yeah, thanks for having me and telling all those lies already. We're off to a good start. <laughs> telling all the lies. Yeah, you were a teammate. You are a legend. Um, you know, one of those things that as a former teammate or someone who watches the game closely and it's connected to a program, you have certain snapshots of guys and how you remember their strengths and or weaknesses. You, to me, might be the best rebounder that I can think of in Gonzaga history. There's only two or three guys that I think of unbelievable rebounder, and you are at the top of the list. Where'd you get that rebounding prowess from? You know, well, first of all, I got I got to tell a few little jokes about this because Drew this year was on my tail to 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 catch me for the all time. Um, where I was on the all-time list of rebounds. And I was like, he should have retired. He should have, he's got to, you know, it was almost like, man, do I really need to root for these guys? If they play another game, he's going to get me. <laughs> and sure enough, he he did. But uh, so now I have to take a long time to explain how it took him a lot more games than it took me and yada, yada, yada. But uh, no, you know, I was, I was super fortunate uh, to play with who I got to play with. And I, my responsibility fell just to rebounding and and the coaches you know let me know hey this is what you can do to to help the team I, I don't know I feel like I had a nose for the ball to some degree but I mean you know when I was approaching a game it was so much easier for me than I'll than I'll bet it was for guys like you or Blake um, or or even Roni who had to come in and think about scoring all of my production came off of garbage and getting out and running and assist from you guys where the work got done for me. So, you know, when you get to go into a game and your game plan is just go get the ball and maybe guard one of the better pros players that they're going to have. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's relaxing in a way. I mean, I didn't have a lot going on in my, in my mind from a strategy standpoint. I just had to go out there and do those things. So that was a function of of who I was fortunate to be on the floor with as much as it was me just going to do that. And then as the games went on and, um, you know, after my sophomore year and into my junior year, you know, we everybody talks about how do you get to the next level? How do you get to the NBA? And uh, I don't remember the guy's name. There was a scout that was talking about if you can average a rebound every three minutes, you're going to be on the list of people that might, you know, get invited to a camp or, or could go. So, so that was my goal. And I, I got pretty close to that. I think I averaged 28 minutes a game and I was at like 8.9 rebounds. So I was close, but, um, and, and I, I thought of myself as a good rebounder in college. When I went to, I got invited to go to veterans camp with the Utah jazz and a guy by the name of Paul Millsap was in camp. Yeah. And Paul is about an inch shorter than me never seen a guy go get the ball like that before i mean it was remarkable and you know he he was up there in the nba in terms of rebounds per minute when he was in the league and 
yeah, it was just kind of a, it was interesting to see that because I, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good rebounder. And then I played against him. I was like, oh my God, that's unbelievable. I remember, uh, obviously, us former teammates and, and former Zags tracking current guys. We we kind of follow guys to see where they're at. And I remember the those Pil- Paul Millsap, I don't want to call them battles because they weren't battles. But I, I remember Kyle Bankhead and I were talking back and forth um, during, I think, a GU summer camp when I was up in Spokane uh, or something about following summer league for you. And it's like, hey, Corey's getting a chance. He's playing really well. Paul Millsap. Man, I think it was Louisiana Tech. What yeah. is going on here? Because like his rebounding numbers and, and his production was off the charts. So thinking about it, you were on the cusp, but it shows you so many times you have to be in the right situation. Um, you do. You do. I, um, Utah was the closest I, I had uh, as far as an opportunity to maybe make a roster. So I went to, I went to Utah on a favor. Uh, John Stockton uh, had asked Jerry Sloan, hey, you know, you got any space for a guy to come to camp? And it was like, sure, no problem. So I worked with John, and that was the year they drafted Darren Williams. And Darren came up to Spokane, and I was working out with Darren and and John, and he was giving me some advice, and then it was off to to vet camp. And, uh, of course, that's where Paul was as well. And um, you do have to be in the right place at the right time, but I got to start and play in two preseason games with Utah. I was guarding Chris Bosch and Ron Artest for a while. And it was, it was, you know, looking back on it, I don't have any real delusions about it. I mean, I, I remember being, I got into the best shape of my life. I played really good basketball for Utah. I even played pretty well in those preseason games, but like the level was so high and and and, and it felt like, dizzying out there the speed of the game is you know you know this from playing but the main thing that changes each level is the speed of the game mm-hmm. you know and and so it was just like it was incredible you know i remember i got um i got subbed out in late in the or early in the second quarter one game we were playing against uh the raptors bosch was on the raptors and chris Humphreys came in for me and the next play uh, Bosch had the ball in the low block and just gave a little fake to the baseline, dribbled middle and dunked it on Humphreys so bad. I was like, man, that could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened to him just to play later. And uh, but so I, you know, I think as good as I could have played, I, I could have sat on the end of the bench, I think, in the league. I, I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't think it was like a, an impossibility, but I wasn't going to play minutes in the league. And you could tell that from from the guys you're playing against. Well, so much of carving out a great professional career and experience is, is understanding fit and what you want out of it. Obviously, you were on the cusp, but you played uh, for a number of years in in Europe. Uh, I believe Italy, if I'm if I remember correctly. You also played a number of years in the in the G League, which back then was called the D League. How did Gonzaga prepare you for those experiences, and did you enjoy playing in Europe and in, and then the G League? You know. I think in in some ways, you know, getting to play at a really high level under pressure was how Gonzaga prepared me. The, the way it hurt was that I, it was such a system. I mean, if you, you recall, it, it doesn't look like – it didn't look then like it looks now. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, and, and we had to be system basketball players because, you know, guys like me, we weren't going out to get our own buckets. You know, we had – we ran flex. 
you know, which is, it's like a, it's almost like a dirty word in basketball now is to run the flex <laughs> out. And, and, you know, but we had, we had a system because we kind of needed to work together to get baskets in a, in a way that I knew what you were doing. You knew what Blake was doing and so on and so forth. Nowadays they can throw it into guys from time to time and get a basket when they need it. Cause there's, there's big time talent on the teams now. So, so what hurt me was when I went to play at the pro level, you, you had to be, you had to be more than just a system player. Uh, and you, even if you were a role player, you had to be able to do other things. So, my game after college went way up. I mean, I remember coming back to school and working out with the team and thinking, man, I wish I would have known some of this stuff before while I was in college because I got back to work out with the, the GU players. And you know this, you come back, the D1 game is super slow compared to the pro level. I mean, it's like you're just going, guys, throw the ball. What is going on? Yeah. You know, and that's like that for, for Europe too. So uh, I can't, you know, I just learning how to, be more than than just a role player. I developed a, a better jump shot. My handles got way better. I, I was bringing the ball up the floor at that level, uh, just from time to time, you know. And and uh, so it was is very different. I didn't get the adaptability that I think these guys get now. You see a lot of the guys that graduate now, and they're pretty ready for the next the next level. I, I think Drew's going to have an interesting time trying to adapt to the next level. Uh, it's a totally different basketball than he's playing. Yeah, you know, I'm pulling for Drew without a doubt. I think he. it all depends on fit for Drew. Uh, a team has to understand – the coaching staff in the front office have to fully understand his value, his skill set, and how he can essentially throw a curveball against a second unit um, and be successful. Um, but obviously, I'm pulling for him. I'm sure you're pulling for him as well. Yeah, every every zag we, we have a chance to watch. I just – I was so pumped watching Sabonis in the playoffs this year. I mean – I was I was uh, still I could still lace him up a little bit when he was getting recruited at Gonzaga, and I just remember, man, this kid is. Is this the kind of guys we're getting now? Like six foot eleven, <laughs> left hand. I mean, you know, just unbelievable. You know. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your time at Gonzaga. So you and I were teammates. Uh, we went to two NCAA tournaments together. You played with uh, a group that played in two more NCAA tournaments. You were four NCAA tournaments. At towards the start of this magical run where it's, you know, 23, 24 in a row, is there a tournament of those four that stand out to you or a game in particular? Uh, well, we, we we played in that Arizona game, right? You, that was after you. But yeah. that, that Arizona game, I mean, if I close my eyes, I can, I can see Blake hitting that shot. I mean, he, you know, he's hanging in the air. There's a great spread in Sports Illustrated that shows it. And, um, I mean that game, that game was pretty, pretty memorable for a lot of reasons. I didn't play particularly well in that game. Richard Fox had a monster game. Tony Skinner had a monster game, uh, and then Blake played really well. Every time we needed a big three, he was he was launching from deep, and that was a that was a big one. I remember I remember it differently. I think now, you know, than than the way that I remembered it right after we played. Um, I feel like some of the preparation that we had on our teams were were different. We were over prepped to some degree. I mean, we, if you recall, I mean, Fuey was having long practices leading up to those tournament games, you know, and we were tired. I think, you know, we went into New Mexico. We were tired. 
Yeah, that was, I mean, you you hit it nail on the head. Kylan Bankhead and I, you know, because he's a coach now and I'm a broadcaster and we connect and we talk about different things. That has come up over the years about that. The day before we played Wyoming and lost in New Mexico at altitude, like we were ran into the ground. We were tired. We were just like, oh my gosh, we're exhausted going into a game. That was disappointing and frustrating because I don't think we had a team that was built to win a national title and i'll be honest with that years later but to win and get to a final four you have to have luck happen and you have to have a good enough roster and i thought we had a good enough roster that year to make a deep run yeah i don't think we were short on that i think we had the pieces you know and um there was a number of things that happened against wyoming and against nevada that were that were odd i mean you know but and you do have to have some of those things go right. I, and I, you know, to Mark's credit, to Fuey's credit, one of the, one of the, and I tell people this all the time, one of the greatest aspects about his coaching is his ability to grow and adapt and learn the game. He actually, you know, he, he gets a different team a lot of years and he yeah. changes the way they play. And uh, I just, I, I mean, I, I think that's cool. There's, there's things that people talk about. I mean, the knock on Mark for a few years early on was like his, end of game situational, you know, awareness, but I mean, there's a lot to that. Right. But he's gotten better at that. You know, he's, you're starting to feel more and more confident at end of games with what he's doing. And, um, but hit, you know, to be handed a different squad, what, one great example of that this year was the Kentucky game when, you know, they, their pressure was getting to us. And next thing you know, you've got Drew and, and, and Anton bringing the ball up game over. Like they yeah. have no, you know, I mean, that's an interesting thing to do. So, but yeah, for us, you know, in those tournament games, you'd look at it back, back, you know, now and you'd say, well, we came up short in those years, but, um, but at the time we were still kind of figuring it out. I mean, the 99 team was that first team to go elite eight run. Then we went sweet 16 in 2000. Calvary was a, was a huge part of that. And then uh, uh, I think we were, it was either first round, second round or second round, first round after that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, but. Um, no, we had we had the players to do it. It wasn't that. I mean, you just you know you got to get the ball to go your way sometimes in those games. Yeah. No, the, you kind of alluded to some things that obviously bring back great memories for me. I'm sure they great bring back great memories for you. Part of being a part of Gonzaga program is the bond that you create with teammates and pulling for them when they move on and different things in, in their professional basketball career or in business down the road. Um, you know, I, I think Gonzaga has had an unbelievable amount of players that have been really good over the years. Um, if there was one Gonzaga player that you wish you could have been teammates with, who would that have been? Oh, you know, that's an interesting that's an interesting question. I um, this might be kind of a weird one, but I, I would have liked to play one more year with Mo. Um, now. I don't know that there was any space for me on that roster because you had Roni and then you had JP Batista come in and mm -hmm. JP in, in my mind, you know, it's hard to argue. He wasn't one of the best, if not the best post players ever at GU. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there would have been space for me on that roster to, to get any minutes, but I, I, you know, we used to tease Mo a lot and then he grew a ton and obviously became an unbelievable basketball player, but it would have been, it would have fit my game real well to play with him because you know, I feel like I, you know, could watch what he was doing and clean up the garbage, you know, like if he was missing or whatever, it would have worked real well. Um, 
I think it would have been an interesting combination that way. Um, but man, I'd, I'd love to play on any of those teams. You'd love to get some minutes again, you know, with some of the guys that came before and after, you know, it would have been really cool to play with Santangelo. Yeah. I just got to watch him, you know, play. And um, I think one of my favorite teammates of all time was Mark Spink. And it was mostly just because it was so funny when he would make fun of me. I mean, <laughs> you know, it was entertaining. Uh, I haven't heard the name Mark Spink in a while. I know he doesn't live in Spokane. Many guys do uh, move to Spokane. I remember clearly uh, it would have been your freshman year, my junior year. We th- This is the most random road trip that any college team could ever have. The fact that Gonzaga would never do this road trip anymore ever because of where they're at. Yeah. We went from Spokane to Wisconsin Green Bay, and it was like, 10 degrees, two feet of snow. Uh, Our manager, Aaron Hill, Hobus was his nickname, went to Lambeau Field and shoveled uh, snow at Lambeau Field. And I think he got paid like $10 an hour because that's what they do with the community. We got boat raced. Mark Spink lit up everybody in the locker room after the game about how big of a joke this was. We were no good. We better get our heads on straight. Um, And then we go directly from there to just outside Miami and play Florida and get beat again. Um, that was maybe the most unbelievable road trip. Oh, yeah, no, then we went to Boise State and got boat raced again. Was that was that right after too? Yeah. So it was I actually think Florida was Florida was later. Okay. Um, but we went to we went to our road trip included Wisconsin Green Bay and Boise State. We got beat by at one point in the Boise State game, we were down by 42. Wow, I don't remember that. I, I I know I was hurt and I didn't play. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from the game because I didn't play. No, no it was uh, sometimes it was, when you don't play, those memories don't get seared into your memory as much. Yeah, and we, uh, you know, we we lost that game, and I remember it being in the elevator and like thinking it was just it was like it was like almost funny because. They had three guys go for career highs. Even one of my ex high school teammates, uh, Abe Jackson, he he went nine for nine for ten from three, and he had twenty. He had thirty. What do you have? Thirty one. I can't remember what it was, but the last play, one of the last plays of the game, there's like a dog pile of guys on the floor in the key. The ball's bouncing around, and Abe was standing on the baseline at three, and the ball just rolled out to him. It was like it was. It was like in slow motion and he picked it up and buried it in the whole place. 12,000 people went crazy. And I was like, Oh my God, that was my homecoming game. Yeah. I, I do remember that was a homecoming game for you. Cause you grew up in Boise. I think it was Bishop Kelly high school. And yeah. then you went to Gonzaga and, and you wanted to play well and you wanted us to win. And I didn't remember, I knew we lost, but I didn't realize and remember we lost that badly. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, they had three guys. Yeah. They had, um, Trevor Tillman, Abe Jackson, and uh, a guy named Kiwan Woods all went for career highs on the same night. Well, that's never a, a good sign for a team when the opposing uh, roster goes for career highs. Corey, I appreciate the time. Last question for you. When you're watching Gonzaga games now, what does your eye gravitate to? Is it the bigs? Is it the guards? Is it maybe t- taking a look at the bench and seeing what Coach Few's reaction is? Uh, in his rotations, or, or what do you look at? You know, I, I I try to watch the game without the ball more than more than I used to. Um, but I, I just have always appreciated guard play. I always judge 
where I think Gonzaga is going to go by the guards. Um, as good as the as a as a contingency of big guys we've had, you know, college basketball is about guard play, and and uh, so when you know when we've got a, a point guard that we've got confidence in, I feel like okay, we're going to be we're going to be in good shape. And that was something that last year was a little scary. You know, I think there's a, there was some room for improvement there, but um, it's just, it's a hard, it's a hard game. Those guys have a lot of responsibility, but Gonzaga and, you know, they used to call it guard you and there's been great big guys. I don't, I don't think that it, you know, you can get very far without really good big guys either, but it is, it's a point guard thing. And it's not just Gonzaga, it's college basketball. Awesome. Well, Corey, I appreciate the time. Um, thank you for joining our Throwback Thursday series during the summer. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. But thanks again for joining.